It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. Wow. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, so much more. It's Bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. That was good spelling. Thank you. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness exclusive games with insane odds you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet at Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario. Use the QR code at the bottom of the screen. Or head to sportsinteraction.com slash STPN to get started. It's 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Episode 8, Alpha Male, as in Alpha Tori Male. Uh, here. <laughs> Here, uh, that's what it was called. It was called Alpha Male. They called it Alpha Male. When? Uh, the Drive to Survive. They have the episode names. Yeah. Is that what? Oh, that's, that's the they name. They call it Alpha name. Male. Is that what the yeah. episode eight is yeah. called? Oh, my God. Um, Pierre, Pierre Gasly, Yuki Sonoda. It starts with them driving around, I think, in downtown Tokyo. Yeah. And they're just, they seem to be really good friends. And I actually saw an interview the other day where they asked, like, Pierre, do you miss Yuki? And he's like, yeah, of course mm-hmm. I do. Like, they really seem to get along. And it's different because like I know that Lando and Daniel got along but when you know Daniel went down Lando's like yeah I don't feel sorry for him um Pierre and Yuki seem to be like genuine friends yes and and so that wasn't that's not put on no 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 no. that's the same with like Carlos and and Lando like Carlos and Lando Carlando yeah so I was like doing a I was doing a I was doing a podcast with, with Lando Norris back in 20 Ooh, I want to say 2018, I think it might have been, or 2019. And it was 2019, sorry. And um, yeah, we're just sitting across from doing podcasts and whatever. And, and Carlos just comes out of nowhere and interrupts and just gives him a hard time, like busts him up good. And they were like loving it. The two of them are just like loving it. So it's just like an example of drivers interacting with another driver while they're doing like a media interview or anything like that. Usually it just, it never happens. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it doesn't. And for those two, like they were just, they're just good friends, man. Like they play golf together quite often. Um, so that's a special relationship. And I also think this, yeah, Yuki and, and Pierre is a close one as well. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, a lot of the episode centers around Yuki Tsunoda trying to establish himself. He had a lot of spin outs, crashes, and and his yeah. first season. And they remember the the previous season of Drive to Survive. He's like yelling at a, yelling at the team through the radio, and he doesn't yeah. want to train. And he's a very unique personality, but with a ton of talent. Yeah. And coming up through the Red Bull system, it's no joke. So, did Yuki Tsunoda do enough last year to cement himself as the number one driver? I don't turn. It's well, exactly right. I mean, that's how I was going to bring that up. But I think, like for for Yuki, it's kind of like it, it's tough when your teammate is Pierre Gasly, and like Gasly's like one. He's an exceptional talent, yep. and he's incredibly hardworking. And then you had on top of that the experience. Mm-hmm. And I think for like a, a driver like Yuki, if I'm going to like measure experience. I'm going to say, you know, Nick DeVries has more experience than probably Yuki does. So does that make Nick the number one driver or does that put them both on the same level? And if I'm France, France Toss, I'm thinking put them both as number ones. Let's see what the shakeup looks like after five or six races and then Fight I'll make my out. decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I thought a lot of the episode focused on Yuki <sighs> not taking everything around being a driver seriously and them trying to be like, okay, now he's learning to do those things and now Nick's going to come in and kind of push him to take the whole thing seriously because mm-hmm. they have they have the little thing about him hating working out and all that yeah. stuff obviously and he's always cracking jokes and is that is that truly that, him that was a thing like i remember we were on a we were on a media call last um i want to say last uh spring 
I think it was. And maybe I can't remember what year it was actually now that I think about it. Sorry, everybody. But um, Franz basically said that he wasn't taking his training seriously enough. So, so it's, up, it's not a TV story. No, I ended this up is... moving him like too, too close. They moved to him the to factory. Italy. Yeah. Oh, wow. They made sure that this is your training schedule. <laughs> this is when you're coming in for um, engineering. Uh, meetings during the week and this is when you have a bit of free time and that's it and that's what you were going to do and I think if I'm a driver I'm doing whatever it is mm -hmm. they want me to do so I can be my best and I think for Yuki it's just a little bit more laid back where it's like I have this talent I can yep. lay it lay back a little bit more he's never really he might be so good he's never had to work for it like this yeah right and then you that's, reach the top and you realize yeah. oh I have to actually put in work yeah. now <laughs> yeah that's the thing right when you're when you're an athlete uh, racing driver whatever it is and you guys have been around athletes you know big part of your lives as well like you know it's just that you know you can have a, a ton of talent but if you don't marry the talent with the hard work then the talent's just going to go to waste and someone who may not be as talented is going to beat you because you just worked harder than they did right and that happens a lot in racing like mm -hmm. if you don't bring that a game and then you marry that with the, with the hard work now they do they make the the episode about the the love affair between pierre and yuki which is amazing and then yuki and then they talk about nick devries now, a lot of people who who didn't, you know, if you didn't watch closely last year, you happened to miss the one race he was in. Mm -hmm. um, he took a Williams car that was awful mm -hmm. and w turned it into points. And it was like one of the few points that Williams scored last year. Um, and he was just in for the one race. And how, how long did he have more points than Latifi? I, I think I, I think for a good chunk it was, of it, didn't it was a it was a ways. I think um, <laughs> I'm trying to I can't remember when when Nicky scored his his first points last season. I want to say it was Japan, but I'm probably going to be wrong on that one. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I think um, in defense of Nicholas, I think those two cars were a little different. Hmm. Like I think Alex, because like, he was in Alex's car. I think Alex's car was a little. Bit, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> Alex that. got all the upgrades, right? Like, okay. Yeah. yeah, there was that too. I I just uh, just when I look at like lap time and I look at certain things and I look at the car and I look at how it's like handling and what it's able to do and stuff, I just I I don't know. It just kind of looked like maybe and maybe it's just Alex's driving style too. Oh, sure, right? like, yeah. There's, there's that as well. I mean, Alex is like an incredible driver. Don't get me wrong, but like his driving style, he has the fastest set of mitts in racing. Like, <sighs> incredible. Um, but for Nick, he has so much experience, right? Mm -hmm. Like he was Formula Two champion, uh, Formula E champion. He was a part of the McLaren Young Driver Development Program. He was a Mercedes reserve driver. I, it wasn't his first time in a Formula One car. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if it was his first time in a Formula One car and he goes to Italy and <laughs> captures points for Williams, I'm going to be like super impressed. But it's like, he'd been in Formula One cars well before. Okay. Jumped in. I still wasn't had a seat. Oh, I still know, wasn't yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Incredible performance. Yeah. And like he delivered when he needed mm -hmm. to, which is the most important thing to do. But don't act like we took a bus driver and threw him in yeah, an F1 car yeah, 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 yeah. and was like, oh my God. Well, and he's also <laughs> 27 years old when he does yeah, this, right? Yeah. And, and he's 28 this year. <laughs> and I, I think what was interesting is watching uh, my wife, Natalie, who watches the races with me, but doesn't watch as closely as I do. Like I'm like right into it, obsessed fan. She said, wow. Because the difference in personality between Nick and Yuki is is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Yuki's kind of fun and cracking jokes. Nick DeVries stares right through you. Oh yeah. It's intense. He's, a, he's laser focused. Oh yeah. So why didn't he have a seat before? 
Um, so I think if I recall correctly, if I go back to 2018 when he's in Formula Two, I think I, I think that was his year to really have a chance at getting into Formula One simply because of that McLaren driver development program. I think that was kind of like his window to perform. But in that season, you also had, if I remember correctly, you also had George Russell, you had Alex Albon, you had Lando Norris. uh, Quite the year. Yeah. You had Nicky was there, uh, DeVries. I mean, the, the talent in F2 that season was crazy uh you know one of those crazy years oh it was it was wild um i i can't like i can't even recall other seasons that have been that like in 2019 it was pretty stacked too that's when uh devries beat latifi to the title um but yeah that season as well had a good crop of talent the problem is there was no openings in formula one and that's the thing with f1 and formula two and the junior drivers is your timing has to be right, mm-hmm. Your and then your opportunity has to be there when your timing is right. So if you win the championship, you have to hope that there's going to be a window for you to jump into an F1 seat. And Otherwise, you have to do what, what Nick did, which is go in Formula E. Formula and e, Yeah, and then like, you know, do a deal with Mercedes and then hang around, you know, that's important. Um, and that's how you kind of like get your opportunity. It's hard, man, like it's super hard. like. For Nicholas Latifi, like in 20, um, you know, he was, uh, if I can remember the years correctly, 2019, he was also, you know, he was a reserve driver for Williams, right? And again, if you're a reserve driver with the team, that's a big deal. And then if you go on and you're winning races in Formula 2, which he was, uh, you put yourself on the trajectory of getting into a a seat. That's just Mm -hmm. the way it is. Uh, I mean, if you can have those, uh, if you can have those deals, that's why I said about, about Nick, right. In 2018, I was like, that's sort of like when his window, it, it appeared that's when his window kind of was. Um, but I think now with this new formula, you know, experience matters. Mm. Like it makes a huge difference. Like the rookies really will struggle for the first, I don't know, a few seasons, maybe like, and I think like for Nick, having that timing of wanting to still have the drive to get into Formula One and not being settled with with just, hey, I'll settle for just racing around in whatever series. He's like, no, I still want to be in Formula One. I want this. This is what I want. And like for him, all of it sort of paid off. And he took advantage of the opportunity that presented him uh, with the Williams drive and he nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. So, so then, you know, the, the one thing they don't talk about in the episode is the decline of the second Red Bull team, right? Toro Rosso used to be a midfield, uh, staple. Yeah. You would expect them and they had great drivers, right? You had Kvyat yep. and Ricardo and Verstappen and, uh, Sainz. Carlos Sainz and, yep. you know, all these guys that were coming up through and recent, like now the expectation is that they're going to finish like ninth or 10th. Williams For, has, has out, is, is ahead of them, yeah. and the expectation is Williams is going to beat them this year. Right? Williams looks good. Well, look really good. Gonna say, oh, yeah. Really good. Oh, yeah. Williams looks pretty good. There's nothing yeah. wrong with Williams uh, right both now. Both drivers yeah. look really good too. Like yeah. Logan Sargent looks mm-hmm. real good. I was real happy that I took him in my uh, in my pool. By good the way, choice. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, it's it's incredible to see how far they've sort of fallen but again i mean seasons early we've only seen one race I but mean, last year wasn't happens. good what happened yeah last year wasn't really are they pleasant. keeping the team uh, long term yeah. yeah apparently like um so the ceo of uh red bull did come out with a press release saying that they were 
going to hold on to this team okay. um because you know that was a huge question right yeah like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you like if i'm here's the thing like i i would think about it like i would think of con- like considering maybe talking to talking to porsche and see if they'd be interested in even you know buying the team mm-hmm. buying the factory because you have all the components that you need that yeah you need to come in or going and talking to andretti andretti global yep. and seeing like hey you and gm want to come in and buy this up or whatever because like we had mentioned before on previous podcasts like the value for these teams is skyrocketing oh yeah it's gone up big time so i mean yeah why wouldn't you want to sell but yeah apparently not they want to just keep it on to it yeah well if they they do add another team to the field because they used to have 22 cars on the grid at one point um, oh, it used to be more than that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. What was the what, what did they what was the max? I want to say they probably got over twenty four. Wow. I want to say they probably got over twenty four cars on the grid for sure. Um, that's why I think. Oh, this is like a topic we're going down. Oh, this is good. <laughs> that's why it's like uh, like I would look at it as you know you have a competitive field when you've got twenty four cars. You need okay. you need it. I, I mean I understand where the teams are positioned in terms of um the prize fund and i and i understand having to pay to get in i get like, that I don't franchise think, tag i don't think the so when the anti-dilution um term came out it was 200 million and i don't think they perceived that these teams would be valued any higher than say 300 million because at the time i believe williams sold for about 175 million and so they're thinking, That's okay, a well, steal. yeah, but like, yeah, and like now it's like I think the teams are looking more like six, seven hundred million. Yeah. But you can't go back and redo that deal because the deal, the deal is what the deal like is signed off, and so. That's why we have all of this stuff happening with Andretti at the moment. You got to wonder if Claire Williams and her group are thinking we should have held on for a couple more years. Yeah, maybe. Eh? I don't it wasn't going well. They needed the they needed the money. They needed the money mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Uh, How many cars is Indy running right now? Th- I think they had twenty seven cars oh, on the grid for this past uh, race at St. Pete. Um, I, my numbers could be way off, everyone, and my apologies. Oh. I don't have my laptop, <laughs> but, they, me, but it's I noticeable. Believe, though. Yeah, it's sure a lot of cars. Like that, they had a big crash at the beginning of the race uh, this weekend, yeah. and it took yeah. out like five cars, and there's still yeah. like twenty left. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, you know, <laughs> thankful like you know the drivers were okay yeah. from that because that was a huge, uh, huge shunt. But those but, starts, yeah. it's so compacted with all those cars. Well, that's what the thing is. Like, I just like, now we're going to IndyCar. Yeah, sorry. That's the thing with IndyCar, it's like just do the standing starts. Like I get yeah. it. Like, like, yeah. The gearbox issue that you're having with the overheating because cars were stalling. Like, get that sorted out. Like, get the standing starts because the problem the rolling with the starts rolling are starts wild. Is so much speed yeah. coming into it that it's like, hey, it's chaos. <sighs> yeah, with twenty plus cars in the starting, like yeah. it's it's crazy. It's madness. Yeah, because they did do standing starts, you know, years back, and like I always really enjoyed them and. Like Formula One standing starts are awesome. The engines aren't as loud as what they used to be. Of course. And so that's why with with IndyCar, like the standing starts were like so loud. Like they blew your eardrums out. It's awesome. You're just like, (laughs) 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 no, it's awesome. Like I just, yeah. It's where the grandstand shakes underneath. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see IndyCar go back to standing starts, but you know, Okay. Yeah. All right. Again, you can catch Nailing the Apex three times a week before a race, after the race, and of course in the middle of the week because Tim wants to keep you going. Tim Haraney, the newest member of SDPN.